0: the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. The Lord be with you. you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence among us. We ask that you would always remind our hearts that we are called to follow you and not to lead. We ask that you would be near to us, that we would see those who are hungry and hurting around us, that we might reach out as you have called us to do. Amen. When I was growing up in suburban Chicago, I had a fairly closed-circuit life as far as my exposure to the world around me. We went to the church a couple of blocks down the street, walked there when the weather permitted, and that was also where I went to school. So I had a lot of friends that were, you know, Lutheran. So. It was this group that had a lot in common, which had its upsides. But it also meant that when my dad took a job in San Diego and we relocated, it was a very different place than I was accustomed to. Very diverse place, a place where people were from different countries, different backgrounds, different religious backgrounds or none. And I remember what it was like to live that close to Mexico as well, and all of the diversity that that brought on. I remember the first time that we went down to Tijuana. Now you have to understand, my dad spent most of his life in purchasing, so haggling on the street is like a high form of entertainment for him. So we would spend quite a bit of time down there, but I remember in the taxi ride to the, from the border, to the area where people would shop, and seeing what looked like houses out the window, to me they appeared to be made out of cardboard, but I'm thinking in retrospect there must have been some plywood in places, but nonetheless, nothing at all like the home that I lived in. It looked like the home that my brother and I would have built for ourselves in the backyard of our house, not where a a family might live, or clearly by the scenery, scores or hundreds or thousands. I remember in college going to Mexico once, and I remember seeing groups of people lined up on the edge of the aqueduct there, suitcases in hand, ready to make a dash for it. It was starting to get dark, and you could see the floodlights from the helicopters watching these folks. And the signage on the road as you left that part of San Diego showed you to be careful for people who might be running across the freeway. Signs that you typically don't see on the freeways up here or in other parts of the country. The text that we have for today is upside down from the way we typically understand it. There's some verses left out of the first reading, and in fact, it just makes the reading harder for us to read. And by harder, I mean harder for us to read here in Palo Alto in 2011. We have the sense that Palo Alto is not like the rest of the state, best educated, you probably heard. But this state is not like the rest of the country. This country is not like the rest of the world. Or well, let's say that a little differently. It's not like where most everyone lives. So when we hear these texts, it's hard for us to latch on to those that are getting roughed up and pushed around and shouldered to the side. It's hard for us to read it that way. There's some verses missing in the first reading and it just goes on to talk about what the bully sheep are doing. They're drinking the water from the best part of the creek and they're fouling it for everyone else with their feet. They're eating the best grass and trampling it down with their feet for the others that don't have a chance to get into that place. Well, that's an awkward reading. (laughs) Let's go to the gospel text. That has good news, right? It's where we get patted on the back and sent out the door feeling good about the world and our lives. We have a story today that's familiar to us. We hear about the separation of the sheep and the goats. Shepherd wouldn't have lost too much sleep over one or the other, even though We just desperately don't want to be goats. But the text today is opposite from what we think. In the text for today, there is the image of a king, a shepherd, who is going about and seeing how his own family is being treated. This story makes sense in a context where Christians typically were the most downtrodden. They were the ones who were sick. The ones who were hungry, the ones who were imprisoned because of their faith, the ones who were beaten down and shouldered out. That was the Christian community. In this text, we hear today a judgment on all of the nations on how Christ's followers have been treated. It's not typically the way we read that story. But there's some other pieces of this story that we gloss over as well. All of the righteous, all of the world that responds and treats Christ's followers well, they go to the same place that Christ's followers go. A place that has been prepared for them since the beginning. Wow, that's not how we usually read that text. There's that special place for us, right? That must have really high walls to keep out all of the, you know, riff-raff out there. But the other part of the equation is interesting, too. Those who did not treat Christ's followers well, they go to a place as well, but it's interesting that it's not a place prepared since the beginning for them. It's a place prepared since the beginning for somebody else. As it says, the devil and his angels, but we'll make some space there, even though it's not where you belong. Everyone belongs in the kingdom. But I want to bring this gospel text around to the beginning. We could walk out of here reading that text the way we usually do or maybe with a slight bent and say, well, how has the world treated us as Christians? But remember, we're not in the demographic place of those early Christians. Generally speaking, in a lot of our churches, we're not the downtrodden, even though we may feel like it at times. We aren't those getting roughed up. We're not those getting pushed aside, but we don't like to think of ourselves as the other. The text fundamentally, I think, is less about insiders and outsiders, less about Christ's followers and those who are not, but rather a call by God to understand how we are to treat those who are hungry, who are lost, who are unemployed, are only making minimum wage, who have a part-time job, who are on food stamps. That's the challenge. I think this is a reading that hits home at this time and this place, perhaps not like it has in recent memory. I think there is a challenge for us. Because we often are involved in work in this world where hiring somebody half-time is efficient. But we are called to understand that hiring somebody half-time may be efficient, but we've just made sure they can't get benefits anywhere. And we have a responsibility to that. I think one of the things that this text challenges us on Is that Christ never said this would be easy. Christ never said we would be cool. Christ never said we would be most popular. If the image of the cross tells us anything, it's that the road would be hard to walk and that it would be challenging. And that there would be times when we would be the one voice in the room saying, that's not the right way to do it. That's our challenge. There is good news in this, though. The good news is that when we walk that path, we are not alone. Christ walks with us. And if we have to choose a side in this world, it seems like a good one to choose. Amen.